Welcome to Advancing All Women with Sarah Alter, President and CEO of Next Up. On this show, you'll hear top executives and experts talk the most pressing topics of the moment for women in the workplace, including key issues that affect the advancement of women, creating better workplaces for women of color, DEI and B solutions, and more. Now, here's your host, Sarah Alter. So I remember my very first resume in college, and there was a placement center workshop that we could all attend. And, and you know what? They provided you with a specific format, font, and even a paper grade. And there were no Kinkos yet, so we all had to use that local you know, printing shop on campus. The, the goal was to position yourself so as to fit the corporate mold, you know, not only in your resume, but more importantly in your dress and then behavior and vocabulary when being interviewed. And I remember getting negative feedback from a counselor on my purple suit. It was clearly <laughs> less about telling your own story or dressing your own story and bringing your true self and own opinions to the process. And networking happened by who knew who. And it was typically driven by your parents and their adult connections. And the process was clearly being orchestrated for us and not by us. Oh, and the dream job at this point in time, it was Arthur Anderson. So I'm sadly dating myself here. And I sadly did not make the cut on that job either. Um, but my daughter, Emma, she works at Accenture today. So the Alter family finally got there. So let's flash forward several decades. I can't remember the last time I sent anybody my resume or even looked at a candidate's resume. And LinkedIn is your resume. It's your network. And you share your story day in and day out through Instagram and TikTok and Twitter. Uh, you know, Facebook is now the ghost from social media past, right? It's become meta. And it's my Gen Z children who are making my introductions these days. And in many cases, I would guess they're educating me. And it's amazing how the times have changed because of digital technology. I, I heard a quote earlier this week that a leader from BCG was quoted as saying, given the exponential rate of change in the digital technology world today, the change that will happen in the next 10 years will feel like 10,000 years absolutely astounding, right? So today we have three incredible thought leaders who are going to educate us all on how to best optimize your social media footprint to elevate both your personal and professional brands. And oh yeah, given that BCG um, take on the world, we clearly have a whole lot we've got to learn to catch up and race that race of 10,000 years of digital transformation I'm Sarah Alter, your host of the Advancing All Women radio show and podcast, and proudly the CEO and president of Next Up. And today, I am joined by an incredible lineup. We have Dave Mary, personal brand manager at Black Marketing, Beth Stevens, president of Soapbox, and Nicole Wright, program engagement consultant, at Acosta. So welcome, everybody. Sarah? Hi. Hi, Hi Sarah. Hi. Very nice to have us on board. Thank you. Of course. Good morning. Good morning. All righty. Well, I start my show off in the same way every day. Um, Dave, let's kick it off with you. Tell us why you are here. What in your personal and professional journey, you know, brought you to this discussion today? Well, We've, we've been in marketing for many, many years, but other forms of marketing. And what we found once the pandemic hit, the world changed. People started working from home. And uh, the whole environment on how you connected with people, there were no more conferences. There was no more uh, nice meetings uh, that you could have over a lunch or anything like that. So people had to create some sort of a, a social media presence. And we found that LinkedIn was the perfect platform. It was transparent and it gave us a niche that we could jump into and help people develop and optimize their profiles so that they created the correct impression 
to the people that they wanted to connect with or people that wanted to recruit them or people they were trying to impress inside their own industries. So it became very important that somebody actually took the time to formulate a system that became um, an optimization. It took you to the, a new level and allowed executives in particular who don't have the time to do these type of things to have it done for them. And, and that's where we sort of fit into the space. I must just clear up. You did mention that I, I'm a brand manager for Black Marketing. That is correct. But ideally on the show, I'm as director of Black Dot Marketing, just as an owner of that business. Awesome. Well, Dave, thank you for being here with us. We, we so appreciate your joining us and, and sharing, you know, all the best practices that, that I know you're going to pass along to our audience. Um, Beth, welcome. Tell us about your personal and professional journey. Thanks, Sarah. Good morning. Always good to be with you. Uh, so I run a company called Soapbox Influence based in Bentonville, Arkansas, a stone's throw from the world headquarters of Walmart. Um, so we are very necessarily uh, retail oriented in what we do. But in terms of path and career journey, um, it's kind of fun. I always like to joke that I'm actually a decrepit aged out influencer myself. So I started in this space very early. Um, so in 2009, 10, 11, 12, um, I was a very early and enthusiastic adopter of Twitter and blogging and all of the social platforms that were emerging at the time. And so I became an influencer myself. Um, we didn't have that word then. Um, we were just bloggers and often we were mommy bloggers, which became the ultimate insult. Uh, but really along the way, I kind of learned the ins and outs of the industry. And I saw a lot of things that were happening in the social space um, that candidly I felt could be done better or more ethically or smoother. And so at some point uh, I kind of pivoted from being an influencer myself to essentially uh, being fortunate to run a stable of influencers. So our company now works with around 15,000 influencers and content creators across the U.S. and into Mexico and Canada. And so these are individuals who often make it their full-time job to have a stellar social media presence and an outstanding personal brand. And then our job is to essentially represent them to very large companies, uh, primarily consumer packaged goods and retail companies. So we're fortunate to work with brands like Nickelodeon or the NBA. And I always joke that we're kind of a, a glorified matchmaking service because we find these really brilliant content creators, copywriters, photographers, social media mavens, um, and we allow them to work from their living rooms essentially. And yet they can work on behalf of Fortune 500 and world-class brands. So our job is to quietly work behind the scenes. But as you can imagine, uh, our staff is looking daily at social media profiles and seeing the very best of the best and also the very worst of the worst. So it's a fun world. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine. Um, Nicole, um, welcome. And, and again, thank you for being with us. Why are you here today? Absolutely. So for me, my kind of journey within social media started in college. This was prior to Facebook, prior to Instagram, all of that. I worked for a company called College Club, uh, which was a kind of more of a college driven um, social media platform. And I don't even remember using the term social media at that time. It was basically just a social platform for people within the same school to be able to connect. So that was my first taste of, of working with and kind of building a social media team. I remember I would run around campus and um, different organizations and clubs would invite me to their events just so I could be there to take pictures because the goal for me for College Club was to get people to sign up with their email address and create a, to create an account. And I would get invited to all these different events and I'd go and I'd take pictures and I was carrying this really huge camera with this really huge disc in it that I had to take out of the camera and put into the computer, completely dating myself, but that's fine. But that was my first experience. And fast forward to now, um, back in 2008, I started getting a lot of messages from people asking me to help them with, with their social media, with their marketing. I have several friends that own different businesses. And so I started thinking, hmm, I may be onto something here and I may be able to make a little money, start a little side hustle 
with being able to help small businesses with social media. So that's what I did. I started Savvy and Social, which is my side hustle, um, where I help small businesses manage their social media, increase their engagement, their reach. I do a lot of the content creation for them. And it's fun and it's exciting. And it's something that, that I, I'd love to do. So excited to be here with everybody today. Yeah, no, and it's so fascinating, too, because it's it's like social media as we know it. It was birthed, right? It was created, you know, in the in the college environment. And gosh, I think back, like I shared with my whole resume story, you know, we had a radio station. I know that much. I think we had a TV station, but it was definitely the school newspaper, right? And it's crazy now to think how much, you know, social media has transformed even just that academic experience, let alone our jobs. So, so let's start with LinkedIn. And Dave, clearly you're you're an expert in this. Okay, why why should you even invest in LinkedIn? Like, a lot of what I know, people are probably as they're listening are thinking, okay, how's this going to help my own personal and professional brand? You know, I'm not necessarily looking for a job, or you know, hey, how is this going to help my company? So why 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 even invest in LinkedIn? Well, firstly, you've got to look at your, your LinkedIn profile. That's your personal profile that we're talking about now. As an absolute asset, it's, it follows you everywhere. And if it's properly developed and it's properly populated, and if I could call all the space on your LinkedIn profile real estate, you want to have every single little corner of it filled out properly um, so that people can find you. Uh, it's, it's a transparent platform. People can verify whether you did work for that company, you didn't work for that company, but you've got a, a verifiable. So make a business, business or business to customer type platform that everybody should be involved, on, involved in. And what we found is that big companies were putting fantastic business pages up. And all the CEO was doing was liking the posts that came off the business page. And, and that's right. fantastic. It's engagement. It's all the rest of it. But there was just something that really changed the landscape. When we worked with the actual CEO's profile and optimized it and made him the thought leader and generated leads off his own personal platform, it magnified it by 10 times. So it became an yeah. extremely powerful way of, of actually amplifying the thought leader and actual leader of the business. And that's what people want. They want to engage with who makes the decisions, who steers the ship, what is he like, what has he got in common, how do I talk to the CEO of a company? So optimizing the CEO or the C-suite or the vice president or MD's profile page gave it a lot of clout. And that is where we specialize and we make it work for them. And uh, we have fantastic results across the board, across all industries for that matter. Well, and it and it's as much to, I know we talked about this in our, our um, prep conversation, it's a new source of feedback, right, from your customers. And so to your point, you, you, you use it to amplify, you know, your brand's voice, you know, story, your own personal, but then your corporate brand. And it quickly became like a new way for customers to reach out and either sing praises, <laughs> you know, or, you know, voice concerns and frustrations and disappointments. And so you have to manage it appropriately. Mm -hmm. uh, Dave, I love what um, you said there about thought leadership, um, because that's something that it really is the role of the leader of the company. And a lot of times, you know, I, I'm, I'm rather effusive. I'm, we're on a radio show, but I'm waving my hands and carrying on like I normally do in conversation. And <laughs> we often tell people to go ahead and bring that real personality and warmth uh, to their posts, right? rather than having something that's, you know, rather staged or canned, um, you know, I'm an, a pretty bubbly person. And I, you know, all of that, I think, comes through um, in the posts that I put online. And, you know, you want to see that that real personality come through. One can still be buttoned up and professional while, you know, exuding their personality. So I, I love your thought process there. Absolutely. Yeah. Super. So, so, Dave, what are some of the best practices then, you know, for LinkedIn? Like what if you're going to focus on anything, um, you know, clearly you need to have a LinkedIn page. So if there's anybody out there listening, thinking they don't, um, we're, we're going to advise you otherwise. <laughs> 
But what are some of the best yeah, so, practices that you should be making? So I'm gonna I'm just gonna mention three points because there's a lot to it. And there's it gets you can get quite in depth, and I don't think the hour that we've got is going to deal with it. But let's just deal with the first issue, and and that is your first impression. And I mentioned this in our in our sort of prep session. In the old days, you used to have shake hands, dress the right clothes, arrive in the right car, have the right watch on, good shoes, good hairstyle, whatever it was that gave that exactly. first impression. We don't have that anymore in, in the digital world. So what do we do? It's your it's your profile. It might be the first contact somebody makes with you. And there's one thing that will follow you all over LinkedIn, whether you like something, comment, do anything you like, and that is your, your the front, top end of your profile. It's your banner. It's the picture behind your head, your own personal picture, and the heading just underneath. It will follow you everywhere. If you could focus on getting those three things right, and they're not complicated, they're very easy to do, um, it will make a massive difference to the impression that people have with you, and it'll give them the interest to want to take it next level, maybe read about you, look at your experience, see what recommendations you have, etc. The next thing that would really be of importance is to put some quality posts out there. And they don't have to be majorly complicated. Talk about what you're very comfortable with. Talk about your business. Um, aim it at the industry that suits you best. In other words, if you're talking to manager to manager, or VP to VP, CEO to CEO, make sure the content fits the bill. And put some simple posts out there. Put a good pic of yourself with it. And, and give it some content, and that'll be a starting point, get some content. And then the third point that's possibly the easiest, one of the easiest to do is to actually target your audience when you're doing some uh, network expansion. Make sure you expand your network into the criteria that matter most to you. In other words, if you're expanding your business, you're a CEO and you want to connect with other CEOs, well, then make sure that's what you do. Connect with CEOs within the same industry or into okay. industries that you want to penetrate. And that's the main uh, type or the three points that I'd really want to focus on. So, so question though, so I guess it's your, your headline, right? Do you put your current job title? I know I've seen others put, you know, um, something more general in, in, you know, in how they describe the thought leadership they bring, um, they could potentially bring to any organization. What's your best advice on that? You don't necessarily have to put your um, job title there unless you are the CEO and you're reaching out to other CEOs and you want that first impression to matter immediately. In other words, it's person to person or CEO to CEO. But what you want to put in that title is what your intention on LinkedIn is. If, if you're looking to recruit, don't be scared to put a headline then. CEO of XYZ company, looking to recruit, expanding our network. Um, the first thing people are going to see is that, and they're going to show interest immediately in what your main criteria is. It may be that you are a thought leadership and an author of a book and that you're looking to market your book um, and brand that in a different way. Well, then put that in. You've got 220 characters. Max it out. Make sure you cover as much of that topic as possible. And that will follow you, whatever you're doing. So it gives that initial intention immediately to your target audience, and it will attract further attention to your profile. Absolutely. Um, Beth, any other thoughts on LinkedIn? Yeah, I love that point, Dave. Um, I, I've done something similar to kind of bring that personality in again. So my my day to day title is president, but my LinkedIn you know title says president and chief enthusiast of Soapbox, right? Because clearly my job is to be the most excited person about our company and. Um, I've seen some very interesting tricks as well um, using icons within that title. So we have a podcast. So there's a, you know, a podcast speaker within my title. There are a lot of those things that are just a little more eye-catching that draw people in. And again, you know, not to beat a dead horse, but I think infuse a little bit of personality in, into something that could be very dry if we were simply looking at a resume as we did back in the day, Sarah. Yeah. Absolutely. And the key thing, too, is to not only manage your own profile, right, but then to engage and participate, right? And I, I know we're going to talk about this in a little bit, but it's, you know, if you have something you published, you know, post it, um, you know, commenting, you know, engaging, you know, in communication trails, 
Um, it's as much about making sure you keep yourself current and appealing, but then you're demonstrating that, hey, you're living and doing your job in the year 2022 by engaging in this platform. Um, Nicole, any thoughts from you? Um, sure. On that point, um, what I've started doing and what I've seen others do is basically just having a call to action. Um, as you're posting, telling a story, people love to to read stories. People love to, to hear stories about personal journeys, how you've overcome something, some challenge that you had and how you fixed it or a situation that you were in that you figured out a creative way to get yourself out of. But then having that call to action at the very end is kind of what gives people the opportunity to be able to say, okay, let me share my own story that's related to this. So I think having a, a CTA at the end is very important to be able to increase that engagement and uh, to get people to actually respond to your posts because they feel like they have the opportunity to do so. So how do you, let's throw this one out there. Um, you get a negative post or a negative comment on LinkedIn. And, and I, I rarely see that happen, but I just have to imagine from like a corporate brand perspective, it happens often. What, what do you do? Do you, you, you clearly don't ignore it, right? Um, do you diffuse it? Um, you know, Beth, I see you shaking your head. What, what do you do? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm nodding because we deal with this so regularly, um, both on behalf of brands. Um, you know, we, we manage a lot of the social media for Walmart's uh, toy brand, which is called Adventure Force. And so we're constantly dealing with customer inquiries and feedback. And to your point, Sarah, you know, I think the general public is very quick to use that microphone or soapbox that they've been handed with social media to be negative or to make noise. And I think to us and to me personally, the key is acknowledgement and response, nipping it in the bud. And so, you know, you respond publicly and you say, completely understand where you're coming from or great point, well taken. I've responded to you offline. I've sent you a direct email to address this and continue the conversation because then the rest of the public sees that you're not hiding, you're not ignoring it, but you're not having a public battle, right? You're not, you're taking that conversation offline um, and, and you're addressing it and then you're moving on from it. And I think so often that's, that will quell a lot of it because um, if someone's using social media in a negative way, they, they want attention, they want to be seen. And so you just have to move that conversation to another room of the house. Yep. Yeah. Dave, what are your thoughts on that? I'm sure I'm sure you've had a, you know, most, I, I would say 99.9% .9 positive, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we do, we get, we get very little negative uh, feedback, but one of the most important things is to actually acknowledge, to leave it, uh, it festers like a sore and it causes problems. Um, Everybody's entitled to their opinion. I mean, this is social media. Right. So, mm -hmm. um, but, but don't always expect the biggest response. Um, yeah, you're entitled to your uh, comment. Thank you very much for yours. And, uh, and then yeah, take it offline. I agree with Beth 100% there. Get it onto a more professional platform where it can be dealt with properly. And it doesn't become a bun fight on your profile. So, yeah, totally agree with that. But don't, don't neglect. Don't leave. Um, you don't have to like a bad comment. I mean, it doesn't make sense. So think about what you're doing. Um, leave the like off and post. You're entitled to your thank you for your comment uh, and then take it offline. Yeah. That would be my smartest advice. And, and clearly manage it with um, the same standards that you would like an email, right? Or, or a text that you might get. It's, you know, the quicker the response, the better off you are. Um, so, you know what, we're going to take a quick commercial break here, and when we come back, we're going to shift our focus, um, you know, to the other platforms that clearly we all should be leveraging and engaging in. And I want to thank everybody that's been listening in to our Advancing All Women podcast. You can always check us out at nextstepisnow.org for more information on Next Step and all of our podcasts. So go grab a fresh cup of coffee or tea, and we'll be back in just a couple minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
For over 20 years, Next Up has been bringing professional women, allies, and corporate partners together to champion gender equity and advance all women in their careers. Together, we are a powerful, growing community of over 14,000 members and 300-plus regional and corporate sponsors. We work to create leadership opportunities, amplify women's voices in the workplace, and ensure that all women in business can seize opportunities in the now and in the next. Members of Next Up gain access to a broad community of like-minded professionals dedicated to women's equity and leadership development across our 21 regional communities. Get best-in-class leadership development opportunities and attend our two annual national conferences which bring together the strongest minds in DEI and B and leadership. Join Next Up today. Visit nextupisnow.org slash membership to learn more about becoming a member. That's nextupisnow.org slash membership. Our thoughts and feelings not only affect our own lives, but the lives of everyone around us. Find new meanings of love, authentic expressions, and better connections with the people in your life. Tune in to Love Light with Dr. Jean Marie Farish. This program will feature guests and discuss ideas that will bring a better life to you. When you find this perspective on love, it will change everything. Listen live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. There are lots of unanswered questions about life's problems, and this is especially true about spiritual life. Why can't we see God? Why is there evil in this world? Why does God let bad things happen to us and to others? Can we get divine help? Join Carl Mollison and co-host Brian Kelly for Get Wisdom. They have new answers from the Almighty you need to hear. And listening could definitely change your life. Tune in every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Advancing All Women with host Sarah Alter. Want to learn more about the show and about Next Up? Visit our website at nextupisnow.org. That's nextupisnow.org. Now, back to Advancing All Women. So welcome back, everybody. You are listening to Sarah Alter and the Advancing All Women radio show and podcast. And today I am joined by Dave Mary, um, who is a director at Black Marketing and Personal Brand Manager, Beth Stevens, president of Soapbox, and Nicole Wright, program engagement consultant at Acosta. And we're talking about how do you optimize social media to best promote and position your own personal brand and then your corporate brand too. And, you know, as we, we just, um, you know, landed into our break, we were talking about LinkedIn, but now we're going to shift over to Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. And Nicole, would you tee us up on that? Because I, I know you'd shared in your side hustle um, that you're managing multiple platforms and would love to hear your thoughts on, you know, how you best leverage those. Absolutely. So for, I definitely use LinkedIn, um, but for me, more of my jam is Instagram and Twitter, just because um, I have a kind of a little bit more, I want to say freedom, a little bit larger audience. Um, and I can be a little bit more creative when it comes to, Instagram reels and creating videos and sharing stories. And that's kind of the quick micro, super short, 10, 15, 20, 30 second videos um, of just me doing whatever it is that I'm doing throughout the day, whether it's, you know, um, moderating a webinar or taking a break and taking a walk outside. I love being able to share those moments just because it's, it's, it's super important. 
Um, of course, you can share these moments on LinkedIn, but I think with Instagram and with Twitter, it's important to be consistent, as we talked about a little bit earlier, be authentic to who you are across all platforms. But again, some of the other platforms, Instagram, TikTok, um, Twitter, it allows you to be a little bit more creative and you can kind of do things outside of the box just to share those meaningful moments throughout the day. That's the reason I love using those other platforms. But it's like you need to be careful too, though, right? Because it's, yeah. you know, as a professional, um, and we've all heard the horror stories of the younger, you know, adults who unfortunately were too transparent, and then the colleges and universities picked up on that, right? And and those who are hiring new leaders picked up on that. And you have to be careful, you know, just just how transparent you are. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Just because you may think something's funny, or you may think something is, um, you know, kind of meaningful to you, you don't have to share everything. You kind of have to have that a little bit of discernment to say, okay, you know, I can I can share this part. This part I'm gonna leave for my personal life. So yeah, you have to you have yeah. to be able to to know when to share and what to share appropriately. How about your your clients though? How do you use those platforms for your clients? Um, well, so for a lot of the clients that I have, it's it's still those are the they're fun brands. They are trying to reach more of their customers across across the globe because a lot of the brands that that I represent or that I manage social media for, there it's like I have a t-shirt brand who uh, can ship to anywhere in the world. And so it's basically just staying true to who the, to what the t-shirt brand is. Um, they, they do love to have fun, but understanding that, that balance of this is a business. We are trying to sell more product. That's the end goal here. So having that, that, like I said, that balance of being able to share the fun stuff, but staying true and authentic to each individual brand. So I have to be able to be the voice for each of the different brands that I represent. So I, as, I, as I'm sharing across different social media, I kind of have to tone, I have to, I have to adjust my tone or adjust some of the things that I do differently just to kind of match some of the brands that I'm uh, managing social media for. So if I'm a brand and I want to sell my product of, of the four, which would we say would be the most important? And I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask everybody that same question. So, Nicole, you can choose LinkedIn, Twitter, TikTok, or Instagram, and I want to sell product. Which one I'm gonna go should with, I invest I'm in? definitely 100% going with Instagram because Instagram has the, the shop. You can literally buy things from Instagram. So that's, yeah. that's my number one. All right, back. Your vote. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Absolutely Instagram, but very quickly followed by TikTok, which I can certainly expound right. on in a bit. <laughs> I know I, that is like, it is amazing how TikTok has changed over the past two years and, and, and how, you know, COVID clearly fueled its growth. But now it's like almost every other thing I look at is a shop now, right? It's crazy. All right. So Dave, your vote. So I, I'm going to break the mold here a little bit and going to go corporate and say that I have a software package that I'd like to sell and I'm going to go LinkedIn and right. I'm going to go lead generation. I'm going to use Sales Navigator. I'm going to find all the CTOs of a company in a certain uh, industry, in a certain market area. I'm going to home in on them, connect with them. Um, I'm going to send them some smart links, which are going to enhance my my little pitch a little bit and i'm going to follow up on leads and then i'm going to take it offline real quick so i'll go linkedin yeah. on this one yeah yeah b2b right maybe it's that b2c versus b2b um so beth with with your community of over fifteen thousand, right i got the number correct right influencers <laughs> you did. um tell us tell us your thoughts then on on you know twitter tiktok and instagram you know how do you how do you best optimize those both personally and then professionally? Yeah, I have to agree with Dave. I think he nailed it in terms of, and I liked your summary of B2B versus B2C, because certainly in terms of, you know, my primary job is sales. And so LinkedIn is where it's at for me to connect with other business professionals. But when you think about moving product, it's absolutely Instagram and TikTok. And so 
if you look at um, you know the, the top four or five platforms and set LinkedIn aside for a moment since we delved into that quite a bit, for our clients, we are primarily looking at Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and TikTok. And you know, Facebook has yeah. essentially become an advertising platform. Um, it's still necessary. Um, you know, you, you have to have it in, in order to place content. Um, but really the algorithm and um, everything, the behavior that's awarded, rewarded rather, um, has really skewed toward it being more of an, a, a pay to play uh, platform. And so I agree with Nicole you know, for Instagram, things like reels as well as static content. That's where we're going to get the most engagement. And our influencers are using things like, you know, link in bio or swipe up to shop, those sorts of things to move someone over to that conversion funnel. And we see as well, um, you know, certain, certain brands are really made for Pinterest or made for TikTok. We are heavily pushing uh, our clients to experiment more with TikTok and you know, big brands are, are hesitant. They know they've got to get active on TikTok, but it's, it's right. still the wild west. It's a little overwhelming. But if you look at some of the age distribution, you hit this, uh, Sarah, you know, during the pandemic, there was a huge uptick um, in older individuals, 30-somethings, 40-somethings adopting TikTok. And so as of September last year, it really was about 25% teens about 22% 20-somethings, again, about 22% 30-somethings, and about 20% of the age distribution of TikTok usage was 40-something. And then you've got about 11% 50-plus. So that, that adoption is continuing to grow, and there's so much that you can do on TikTok as a brand. Um, we see posts and content far more likely to go viral because the algorithm's not quite so tight. So there's just a lot of experimentation. Yeah. There are a lot of neat things that can happen on TikTok and on Instagram, frankly, that can't happen anywhere else. Yeah, and I know we and I know we all had a, a, a good laugh at this, and I and I want to bring it up with the audience that um, just the other day I saw a post on TikTok, and it was very specific. It was a I, I, I want to assume it was a gentleman, but it was a gentleman, and he sent a TikTok, and he said. If you are a recently pregnant woman and married to a husband who rode on, you know, this very specific flight, he listed the airline and the flight number, I just want you to know, completely adores you, loves you, and so very excited, you know, about the fact that you are now pregnant with this baby. And this this was literally the TikTok. And then I know we talked about that. We've also seen the opposite, you know. Where, and I think it was Angie, you know, one of our team members who shared, she'd seen one where it's like, you know, yeah, if your boyfriend said he was going on this business trip, he's not. So it was kind of crazy that we, I saw that in TikTok, right? Because most of it's been for, you know, entertainment or now, like we talked about, it's, it's um, very much focused on shop now, you know, buy, you know, buy this. I'd never really seen TikTok used in that purpose as you probably would have seen like in a Facebook, right? So that was an interesting trend to me. Um, what are, so, so let's start moving into like advice, you know, guidance, like what are the two or three things that, you know, and, and again, across all social media, um, you know, what are the two or three things I should be putting into play? I'm looking for a job. Okay. Let's, let's use that profile. You know, I now want to find a new job, um, but I don't want my company to know that. So how do I, in social media, put it out there and, and which of the platforms then, and it's probably LinkedIn, right, Dave? I'm going to go to you on this one. I'm looking for a job. I don't want my company to know, but I'm looking for a job. You know, what are the, what is it that I do to my LinkedIn profile or how do I better leverage it? Is it like some of those premium packages that you can buy, you know, where you get better access to networking? Give, give, give our audience some tips on that. Okay, so... So primarily, I would focus on once I once again, like I said earlier, my banner would be apparent that um, in a certain industry or something like that. Um, in fact, I'd even keep my existing job banner up there. It, it wouldn't do any harm. Um, I'd make sure that I looked professional, friendly, and approachable in my little picture, without the dog in the background or uh, hubby hanging around my neck or something like that. And uh, I would make sure that my title 
wasn't too pointed in that I'm looking for a new job, please contact me. I would list right. what, I, <laughs> what I do best. In other words, I am a, a software developer. Um, I'm ambitious. Um, I put all my key criteria into that little heading that anybody that is recruiting and looking for somebody in that field would see me straight away and pick up the interest that I'm showing directly back to them. Um, that would be my starting point. Any content that I put out there, um, I would also make sure that it was related to the industry that I wanted to get into. I would discuss yeah. issues yeah. within the industry or any problems. Um, and then I would link up a product which we call Sales Navigator and it, it builds directly onto um, your, your LinkedIn profile and it has 12 different filters in it. You can filter any industry, any income bracket, headcount, um, CEO, any title you like, um, any country you'd like to go to and start targeting my connection rate uh, out there as best I can. In other words, start to pick on the people that you feel would be the kind of people that would be interested in what you have to offer and build my network inside that field. Make sure my connection message is, is relevant. Hi, looking for people in the industry. Um, I'd like to connect. Once they've connected, they'll indulge in your content a little bit and you should be attractive to them. And then a second message would be, you know, I'm looking for a position. This is my current CV and I put it in as a smart link. And they would be able to draw off that immediately and, and make further content. And I would go that route. I think I'd get some results. Yeah, and it and and by all means, it's it's like check out the job postings that LinkedIn has, right? It it I I know we just recently posted a position for our HQ team, and um, within gosh, it was like within eight hours, we had close to three hundred different people who'd applied. Um, so it's just such a rich community of potential talent. Um, Beth. How about the other, you know, other, you know, platforms like your Twitter or your TikTok or Instagram? Is there anything you can leverage there to potentially find a job through? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I agree with everything that Dave said. I think um, across the board, across platforms, I would go back to the same tactic that I recommended on dealing with negativity, which is to work those offline conversations, right? So I would be going out to individuals, whether it's on LinkedIn or Instagram, direct messages, um, individuals who work in the field or who have similar positions or might be in a position to hire or refer or recommend. And I would be, um, as they say, sliding in their DMs or um, direct messaging them on LinkedIn um, to say, hey, I'm in the market, obviously not making this public. If you know anyone, if you know of anything, please let me know. And, and really, I think a, a former CEO of mine uh, early in my career used to kind of teach me this thought process of with them, what's in it for me, right? And so it's that whole golden rule mentality. Um, we're not operating it with only a thought for ourselves and only a thought for what we need and what we want to ask of others. But, you know, if I were verbalizing something in, in someone's DM like that, hey, I'm looking for a new role, looking to work in your industry, would appreciate any recommendations or referrals. And please let me know when I can return the favor. Is there anything I can do for you? Um, a lot of my yeah. uh, career has really been built around this idea of being, in fact, it's kind of one of our core values at Soapbox. We are enthusiastic connectors. And so whether that's connecting brands and influencers or my, for myself, I, I'm constantly trying to think about who can I introduce? Who do I know who should know somebody else? And let me um, very freely make those introductions and connections and I find in that way that when I have a need or an ask or a request, people are very quick and, and very willing to assist. So working that network and working those direct messages would be my tip across the board. Yeah. So let's shift to like from a corporate perspective and, you know, you know, if you're a large behemoth corporation, odds are you probably have a rather large social media team, right? Um, but let's say you're a small to mid-sized company, and I know, Nicole, this is, you know, this is your sweet spot, and, you know, Beth, you too. Um, the beautiful thing is that there are specialists, right, and, and organizations or agencies like all three of you, you know, where you don't necessarily have to, 
you know, individually manage it because it's, 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 you know, it's time consuming. Um, but like, what are the two or three things you need to think about when you're choosing the right organization or partner to work with you? And, um, you know, Dave, let's start with you because you, you partner with several high powered C-suite execs, you know, out of black marketing. But as you're looking at a group like yours, what are the two or three things that you need to be thinking about as you evaluate these options? So if, if, if a client was going to um, partner with us and we were going to look after their profile, uh, the first key thing would be confidentiality. Um, you know, they, we ghost the actual profile, you know, as we work in the background on it. And, and we very, very carefully pick the um, persona of the person up as best we can, how they say things, what they say, their content must match. Um, and these are very, very important things. So if you're out there looking for a company that's going to look after your profile, make sure they can, can match every aspect of what your personality is, um, who you reach out to, how you say things. You know, you might end a message off in cheers. Um, you don't want to say best regards right. then because people pick it up. That, that's, that's not Jack. That's not the Jack I know. So um, very, very carefully pick up that. Make sure that the actual service that you're buying is comprehensive. In other words, it covers all aspects of your profile management um, from top to bottom, um, be it outreach, and also be specific that they cater for what you want. In other words, if you have a book that needs publishing, if you have a certain product you'd like to market, do they have the capabilities? Um, it's a very difficult one to, to give references on. We cannot because of the confidentiality, but nonetheless, um, They'll understand, you'll understand straight away if they know what you're talking about and you'll pick up on the expertise that you're buying into um, and, and be prepared to also, you know, it's the best advice, uh, best services aren't always the cheapest. Um, don't go for the cheapest because sometimes you'll pay the price for that too in the long run, which could be right. detrimental to your business. Yeah. Here, here. Yeah. Yeah. Beth, how about you um, with Soapbox? Um, advice from your own experience. Yeah, thanks, Sarah. I think, you know, it's interesting. I, I keep kind of extolling these golden rule type behaviors, but um, just in the same way that you, you have to kind of strengthen the community. Um, and that's certainly pertinent for members of Next Step, I think, because we are, in essence, a community um, charged with advancing all women. But when I think about Indeed. small tactics that work in social posts, you know, it's things like tagging others. Um, you know, saying, hey, um, you know, CC Nicole, hey, did you see this post? Or, you know, maybe it's a job posting and I can say, Nicole, Dave, know anyone, you know, let me tag you and let me draw you into the conversation. Um, and then you mentioned something early in the conversation, Sarah, around, or, or maybe it was you, Dave, around, you know, CEOs or the C-suite in general, simply resharing a company's content. Um, and our rule of yeah. thumb is really, you need to expound, not just reshare, right? You know, you need to put your own opinion or your own spin on it. Um, not only is that, you know, a sign of intelligence or a sign of engagement, um, but it's going to help that content that you reshare perform better. So I think those are some simple tips that I would share with, with listeners to just do a bit more and go a little bit above and beyond and, and then net the results. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Nicole. Your, your thoughts or advice or guidance or tips here? Yeah, so I think when it comes to um, companies, we have to remember, especially when it comes to social media, that it's, it's important to spotlight the people, uh, people, the customers, those types of things, because that's, that's what other people like to see. I love, uh, I love looking at and scrolling through social media where I see a company that spotlighted one of their employees that's done something amazing or somebody that's doing something in the community outside of work. That kind of stuff makes the company a little bit more relevant to me because I can relate to the person that's in the post. So I think that's, that's super important. And then also just realizing for, for myself, I have to realize that there are certain businesses that I, I can't, I can't help. There's, there's certain companies that I can't work with just because maybe the vision isn't aligned or the brands that I work with and the, the small businesses that I work with, I have to be excited about their business. And if their business doesn't excite me, I'm not going to be excited to work with them and I'm not going to be excited to create their content. So that's 
for me isn't a good fit. So I have to kind of keep that in mind when, because I have a lot of people yeah. that reach out and says, hey, you know, I'm, I'm looking for a social media manager. I'm looking for somebody to help me with this. And then I look at their at their website and some of the things that they do. And if I don't get an immediate like bit of joy from looking at that, I'm like, mm, I don't know if this is this is going to work for me. Right. So I, I think yeah. I, I have to know when to say no and when to say, OK, you know, maybe I can refer somebody else to be able to help. But I think that's for me, that's super important, because if, if the brand doesn't excite me, if, if what the company is doing doesn't excite me, then I'm not going to be excited to to work with with that particular entity. And um, maybe again, maybe I can refer somebody else. So I think that it's important yeah. to kind of know where where the fit is. It, it, it that in a in authenticity would just surface. Right. Because yeah. you yeah. see it in in the tone and in the emotion and. And I love, I love your recommendation too on the storytelling, right? Like it's yeah. so important now. Um, I, I was just at an event last night. I was at the POI um, Promotion um, Optimization Institute. It's a fabulous, fabulous organization. And I led a panel and we were talking about allyship and um, we were talking about how storytelling is just, it, it's the best way to role model, um, you know, transparency, vulnerability, and that, you know, the more you're able to create that emotional connection because you're telling a story, um, either about yourself or focusing on your, you know, phenomenal employees or your phenomenal customers, you create an emotional connection that just cannot be matched. Um, uh no. Well, sadly, our, our hour is up and it flies by like this every week. Um, but, you know, Beth and Dave and Nicole, thank you so very much um, today for joining us. And we appreciate your sharing all this great advice and, and tips and guidance, you know, to our audience. And hopefully everybody has walked away knowing that you need to be all over your own personal social media. Um, and then professionally, there's just such great impact and value that can be gained and find that if not yourself or a team, find that right partner, like a Beth, a Dave or a Nicole to assist you. Um, so everybody who was listening in today, thank you so very much. We're always so glad you join us. Um, always want to thank Voice America for giving me and next up the opportunity to share our voice and our mission to all of you, and, and most importantly, to shine the spotlight on incredible leaders like Beth, you know, Dave, and Nicole. In our show next week, we're going to talk about risk. Risk and the role it should be playing, because you should be taking risks um, in your life and in your career journey, and then ultimate success because of it. To learn more about Next Up and to listen to all of our podcasts, you can always check us out at nextupisnow.org. I'm Sarah Alter, and thank you for always listening. Thanks for listening to Advancing All Women with host Sarah Alter. Be sure to tune in again next week. Our program is live every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment or catch our replays weekly on Voice America Influencers. Until we talk again, enjoy your week.